Welcome to episode 17 of Early Stoppage. I'm your host, Derek Moody, and on today's show, I spoke with Cage Warrior strawweight contender, Nico DeSigny. We talked about her modeling career, transitioning to fighting, fallouts with different promotions, and an upcoming fight at Cage Warriors 97 against Corey McKenna. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Joining me today is longtime suicide girl and newly signed Cage Warrior strawweight contender, Miko Designy, also known as Eden Von Hell. Welcome to Early Stoppage. Thank you very much for having me. All right, I'd like to start the show off by getting to know a little bit about the person behind the fighter. So we'll kick this off with some random questions and work our way back to MMA. Perfect. Okay, what's your favorite genre of music? Uh, generally, I like punk rock, I like uh, 70s rock, but I also like Britpop. Like, I used to really love the Spice Girls when I was a teenager. Like, they were my role models when I grew up. And I like Lady Gaga, Madonna, and <laughs> like my mixtape is quite various, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, <laughs> now, you have many tattoos. Do you have a favorite tattoo artist? Not Really, I like different kinds of tattoos. Like, I have a lot of traditional artwork. I have traditional Japanese, new school Japanese, realistic tattoos. Like, every one of my limbs is tattooed in a different style. So, I mean, I got tattooed by a lot of different artists. I've collected pieces from artists from all over the world, all through tattoo conventions in London and America and Italy. So, I'm a collector <laughs> more than a... And I don't... I don't get tattooed by the same person over and over again. All right. Now, name three things you can't live without. Um, MMA, <laughs> of course. Uh, my dog. And I'd say black nail polish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have a favorite hobby? I used to be a dog behaviorist. I really like um, training dogs, helping them, helping their owners to get to know them well. So when I have free time, I volunteer in shelters and I try to uh, rescue dogs that are not suitable for adoption to make them uh, easier, easily adoptable by families. So I really like working with animals. That's my hobby, my passion. Okay. Now, what's something most people don't know about you? That I'm actually sweet, nice, and caring. People think that I'm a ruthless, badass, that since I have tattoos, I'm, I'm a tough, strong person, but actually I'm really sweet, and I'm, <laughs> I'm a dreamer, and <laughs> I get lost looking at the moon, looking at flowers. I'm pretty romantic, but I look more, way more tough than I am. Unless I'm in a cage, then I'm more tough than I look like. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite cheat meal? Oh, that's a good question. If it's, uh, if it's dinner, I'd go for like ribs or brisket. If it's sweets, I'd go for ice cream or cookies or brownies. Now, did you grow up studying martial arts? No, no, I didn't. Uh, actually, I did modeling for 10 years and then I realized that modeling was not uh, satisfying enough because I felt like beauty is not something I've earned. I learned how to pose, I learned how to do my makeup, but it's not something I really earned. And I started training when I was like 25, 23 years old. So 
being a martial artist is something I, I had to earn pretty hard. I had to work really hard for reach the point for reaching the point where I am now. So that's my big accomplishment. So I'm really proud of all the road I walked and all the way I came through. Because it was I, I haven't been born with a talent. I, everything I am now, everything I own is, is hardly earned. But I, a lot of hard work. Nothing was given to me for free. And I feel like beauty is something that was given to me for free. So being a martial artist made me complete, made me proud of myself. Growing up, had you ever been in a fight? Yes, a lot of times. It happened. I was a really angry teenager, so it happened to me often to get into fights. And I felt the urge of channeling this aggressiveness. So that, that's part of the reason that drove me into martial arts. I didn't start with boxing or punching things. I actually started with grappling. And I felt that that helped me control more than everything else. Now, do you remember the first MMA fight you ever saw? The first MMA fight I've ever saw was probably Gina Carano versus Chris Cyborg. It was the first full fight I watched, like from the beginning to the end. Like I remember it was a fight I was waiting for and I actually tuned up to watch that fight. And that's what, uh, that, that fight is the, is the one that made me decide that I wanted to try that sport, that I wanted to try to be like them. Okay, so Gina Carano and Chris Cyborg that inspired you to, to try MMA. Yes, yes. I was doing just grappling before that, so when I saw that fight, I was like, I really want to try punch girls in face. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into MMA? You started grappling and then you took a chance? A friend of mine ha uh, just opened a gym and invited me to, to try. So I started with grappling. I did some grappling competition and they were... Uh, they all ended up in a good way. I won some medals and then... I was watching the guys from the pro team training every night, so I wanted to be like them. I wanted to give it a try. I went in a regional competition. I won by knockout in the first 30 seconds, and I was like, hey, maybe I can do this. So I kept going with the amateur road, and I won Worlds in 2015 in Vegas at the IMAF tournament, and then I thought maybe I could do this as my daily job. As an amateur, when you entered the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation uh, World Championships, you entered it twice. How was that experience? Yeah. The first experience was actually in the, the one that changed me forever because I went there that I saw it as a, as, a, as a game more than anything. I was just so excited to be part of it that I didn't took the competition seriously. So I've earned a bronze medal that it burned more than everything else because one of my teammates won gold. And he showed me that I wasn't serious enough to reach the gold medal. So my next goal was get that gold medal and become a martial artist that deserved to be world champion. So since that experience, I started taking training more seriously and I worked really hard. I went back the next year and I won my gold medal. Now, how difficult was it fighting twice within two days? Well, there's people that had like five fights in five days, so I can't really complain. Uh, I was really lucky, or I was good enough that in my first fight I didn't uh, almost got hit. So I controlled most of the fight from side position. I was in top position for almost the whole time, so I didn't got hurt at all. So there were some people that won fights, but they got cut and they 
uh, they got cut or bruised and they couldn't uh, compete the next day. I was lucky that I didn't got bruised or hurt so I could compete the next day. But I mean, two fights in two days, something I did many times, even for regional fights, like five fights in five days, it's, it's hard enough. But I feel that that's the kind of tournament that will let you know if fighting is something you really want to do or not. It's a tough competition. You have to make weight every day. So it's like pretty similar to professional fighting. Now, we're going to shift gears for a moment and then we'll get back to MMA. Now, how long have you been modeling? I started modeling in 2007. I joined Suicide Girls. Uh, that was really famous in the US, but it wasn't a big thing in Italy. There were just like 10 Suicide Girls um, in whole Italy. So I really liked the, um, the idea of, of this confident, tattooed girls that were just uh, redefining the idea of beauty. Because, I mean, mainstream beauty was uh, a lot playboy-like. It was like blonde girls with like uh, fake boobs and fake lips and everything was pretty uh, Baywatch kind of style. So I really liked the idea of this website showing a new kind of beauty and it was like that when I joined. It was like a punk rock idea of beauty. Right now it's just like a tattooed version of, of Playboy. So it changed a bit in the years. That's why, I mean, I, I like modeling. I have a lot of fun. I really think that Suicide Girls uh, gives a lot of, of freedom in, in expressing who we are. But I feel that it got a bit too much uh, fashion-like. Well, before it was a bit more alternative DIY and punk rock. So that's the spirit that made me join. Now, how did you end up becoming one of the Suicide Girls? I uh, met an American photographer. Um, she was in holiday in Rome and I messaged her through the website and she told me I'll be in Rome for like a month so let's meet up. I met her, she was a really nice lady, we had so much fun together. Uh, she made me feel confident and pretty so she took my pictures, I really liked them, we sent them to the website and I became a suicide girl straight away. Okay, now how did you come up with the name Eden Von Hill? Uh, there was a VJ on MTV she was called Eden. I really liked her. I used to follow her, um, her TV show quite often. I liked the way it sounded, and I felt like with the surname I picked, it was Von Hell. It gave a good um, contrast. This idea of hell and heaven joined together was pretty much defining me, <laughs> and it. It still is. So, I mean, <laughs> it's a good definition of my personality. You've been a suicide girl since 2007. How has life changed for you since becoming one? Before, it was the thing that defined me. Right now, it's just something I did through my life. It's not something that defines my life anymore. If someone asks me, what's my job or who are you? I would say I'm an, I'm an MMA fighter. I'm a 30 years old MMA fighter. And then I would say I used to be a tattooed model. I wouldn't claim modeling as my, my job. It, it's more a hobby right now. It's more something I do just when I want to do it, just, just when I have the chance, when I have a really good connection with a photographer, but it's not something I work hard uh, to do every day. Like I feel like most of my colleagues uh, got on, went for another road. Like they, all my my colleagues at Suicide Girls, all, all those ladies kept working in the modeling industry. I pretty much gave up. I, I just did it when I wanted to do it. And 
And this is what I like to do. I mean, I do it for fun. My job is fighting and I want to focus 100% on that. I won't skip a sparring day because the next day I have a shooting. So I would skip the shooting. Okay. Now, how was the transition from modeling to fighting? It wasn't a transition. It's something I kept... It, it, it happened in the most natural way. I just felt the urge of, of, of doing something else. I was just... I kept modeling for a while and then it just like... I didn't want to take some time off from training. So if I had to stay for like four hours uh, doing a photo shoot, two hours for makeup and hair, it will take one day off training. And I didn't want it to take one day off training. So it was just a matter of what I wanted to do the most. And I'm lucky enough to be able to, to do every day what I love the most. So I could quit modeling that was my job and do fighting as my daily job. Are people intimidated by you being a fighter and a model? Yes. Yes, I have really hard time in uh, having relationships because uh, some guys see me as a super aggressive uh, woman, which I'm not. And people that approach me because I'm like that, then they get disappointed because I'm a totally different person. And people that look for like a sweet, kind, nice, and caring girl don't come next to me because they think I'm such a beast. So. It's really hard to show people who I really am, but I don't care because if people don't take the effort of finding out who I am, then probably they don't deserve to see the best side of me. What impact has Coach Borg had on your career? So uh, Lorenzo Borgomeo is, uh, uh, was our head coach uh, back in 2011 when I started MMA. Then he went in Miami to uh, follow his fighting career. And when he came back, he gave me and my teammates the opportunity to step up our game. We were stuck in a situation in which we couldn't evolve as fighters. So he arrived, he saw uh, the situation we were in and he offered us an option. And we started training from a basement and, and we built up a gym. And now he's training the best fighters we have in Italy, the best fighter that I've ever fought in Italy. So. We are the first gym that has uh, two fighters in the UFC and probably many more to come. So he changed my game, he changed my mind, and he made me change my approach to being a fighter and even my attitude as a woman. So he made me realize what were the most important things in my life and focus on those. So I own him everything I am as a woman and as a fighter right now. What impact has Greg Jackson and Mike Winklejohn had on your career? So my first trip to Jackson Wink was like a jump in the dark and uh, I had no idea what was expecting me at the opposite part of the sea. Like my gym in Rome just split up. I had arguments with my coach and my teammates. So it was Coach Borg to actually suggest me to go there because uh, Greg Jackson has always been his inspiration. So he suggested me to go to Jackson Wink and I found a home away from home. So Mike Winkle, John, and Greg Jackson welcomed me, welcomed me in the best facility I could ever have access to. And I found there 10 girls my way to spar with and to train with and to grow with. And I feel like they have one of the best female team, pro team in the world. It's a really good environment there. There's no big distractions in Albuquerque. I mean, they build up the best fighters in the world and I feel at home when I'm there. They're known as probably the biggest gym, one of the biggest gyms in, in America, if not the world. Do you split your training camps between Italy and the United States? Yes, actually, um, 
I do the fight preparation in Rome, followed by my head coach. And I have training partners to come and help me in Rome. And right after fights, I go and I go to learn at Jackson Wing. So when I'm not in camp, I can implement my game with new skills. So that's, I, I feel like after a fight is the best time to go there and learn. I go there, I learn, I come back and I get ready for fights. So here I do, uh, I do the job that's mostly for the fight. When I go there, I try to implement new tools in my game. Okay, so majority of the camp is at Gloria Fight Center, but then when you want to learn new techniques and work on skill development, you do that at Jackson Wink after you've already had yes. a fight. Okay. Yes. Now, I'm curious about how often fighters are sparring. How often do you spar throughout the week? Oh, at Jackson Wink, we spar three times a week. Uh, in Rome, I spar once a week, but we do situational sparring twice a week. We do like wrestling, grappling, striking, all of that. And one time a week, MMA sparring with big gloves. While at Jackson Week, we once a week with big gloves and twice a week with small gloves. What are your thoughts on weight cutting? Like, have you ever struggled with, with cutting weight? Not really. Like, my coach uh, helps us uh, all be in a good range of weight. Like, we don't cut much. We're always under 8% of the weight we, we have to uh, we have to do for the fight so we never get over a certain amount of weight so we don't do brutal cuts even the, the heavy weights or the middle weights they don't cut a lot of weight we try to cut as less weight as possible to be as healthy as hydrated as possible so we don't get brain damage i mean i'm 30 years old my coaches help me a lot to protect me and prevent make my career as long as possible you're on a four-fight winning streak with finishes in your last three fights. You seem to be more aggressive lately. What changed in your mentality? I feel like this is the first time I'm doing something for myself. So I feel like following my dream is the biggest gift I can do to myself. So I want to do that because uh, I've been through so many hard times in my life and I feel like I own it to myself. It's my revenge against everyone that thought I would never do it. And I so want to do it to prove them wrong and to prove myself that I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did you learn from your loss against Shayna Power? I've learned that flyweight is not my weight. <laughs> I've learned to not take big opponents. Now, really, I learned that if you don't trust the person you have in your corner, it's better to go home than fight. Like it's the only time in my life I've ever thought I wanted. I've ever thought I wanted to go home. Like that night, I didn't want it to fight, and I realized that that's the feeling you shouldn't feel before a fight. I was lucky to not get hurt that night because I was not in a good mental space. I didn't trust my corner. I didn't trust my training, and it, I was in a really dark spot in my life. I thought about retiring about after that fight, but I was lucky enough that Coach Park came back to Rome and. He got me back on track. It's actually good to hear that because that fight did seem a little different. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. Like that night, I didn't want it to be there. And that's not me. Like I'm the first person that always wants to spar, always wants to go hard. Like if I can do one more round, I'll always do it. So I hated that feeling and I hated myself for feeling that way. So it's something I never want to experience anymore. Like I promised myself I would never feel that way ever again well, that's good and i mean it shows i mean you haven't lost since now september 29th the cage warriors 97 take on Corey mckenna have you studied any fight tape on her 
So I know that Corey McKenna is young, she's talented, she's a really strong fighter, so I'm getting ready for whatever she's going to bring to the table. I know I'm better in every aspect. I feel like my striking is more sharp. I feel like my wrestling is really good and my grappling is amazing, so I feel like there's going to be no surprises coming from her. Okay, so how do you see this fight going between you two? I think it's going to be a really tough fight. I think it's going to be fight of the night. I'm sure that both of us are hungry fighters that will go for the win. But, I mean, it's going to be a tough fight, but it's going to be a fun fight. I'm excited. Once I saw it was announced, I was like, yep, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a good test for me and for her. I don't think she's ever faced anyone as dangerous as me. I don't think she has either. So this is, this is definitely a true test. So this, this will be a good one. I mean, hopefully it is fight of the night. It will be. It will be. <laughs> <laughs> now, at one point, you signed a six-fight contract with EFC. After your only career loss, you didn't fight for them again. Did you guys have a falling out? So, I really don't know what happened with EFC because after that fight, I've asked them to uh, go in the strawweight division. They approved that. They opened the strawweight division, but they never offered me a fight. Like, they offered me one fight against Irene Cabello after she lost against Daniela Lysov and Irene didn't take the fight and after that they never offered me another opponent I've asked them many many times so right now there's an Italian girl that's called the Chiara Penko she defeated Lysov and she got the belt in the strawweight division so I've asked to fight her I've asked to fight her in Italy I've asked to fight her in EFC I wanted to fight her since she started and she refused to fight me so I mean, I, I tried to get a fight on EFC. I tried to get my title shot. I tried to get a fight to revenge my loss, and they never offered me. So, I don't know. Yeah, I figured something took place, so it's good to hear it from you because I couldn't figure out what happened. Yeah, I have no idea why I never fought there ever again. <laughs> yeah. I tried. I seriously tried, and my manager did too. Yeah, that, that was very weird because it was a six-fight contract. Yeah, after yes. four fight four. Oh, four fight. Okay. Now after EFC, you signed with LFA to fight at LFA twenty seven, but the fight was canceled. Yeah, I'm pretty unlucky with promotions because they offered me a fight against Morgan Solis. She withdrew because she uh, took a fight a few days before, and after that, I never got offered another fight. So I'm signed for a four fight contract, and I'm waiting for them to offer me a fight. Yeah, it was like, it was really weird. It was like a string of bad luck. I, I don't know if it was my previous management that made some mistakes. I've changed man management since I signed with uh, EFC and LFA. So I'm with first round management right now and I really trust my manager. So I hope he will sort things out. Now, was, was first round management, were they the ones able to get you signed with Cage Warriors? Actually, my coach was the one that worked that deal because uh, he's coaching two guys. That w the, one of them is the heavyweight champion, Mauro Cerilli. So he, has, he went to Cage Warriors many times and he talked to them about me. And he said, I have a strawweight fighter, put her on a card and she's going to put on a show. And that's, gonna, that's what's going to happen. How many fights is this contract for? Is it a one fight or is it a one fight? One fight, yes. All right. So this is a great opportunity for you because a lot yeah. of people have went from Cage Warriors to UFC. Yeah, I think this is the best chance I've ever had in my career. It's the most important fight of my career. And I'm really looking forward to give my 110% to this fight.
Now, who would your dream fight be against? Well, against Rose, because it means I would be fighting for the title, <laughs> you know? <laughs> now, how do you think you would do against Rose? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I know that the day I would face her, I'll be ready for that. Right now, I don't know. But that day, I will know. Well, my coach will know. I trust him. <laughs> do you have any new tattoos in the works? Uh, not now. Actually, when I have an inspiration, I go and get it done. I have many tattoo artists as friends, so whenever I want to get some work done, I just go and get it done. The only tattoo I'm working on is a cover-up of the name of my old gym. So I have a giant name of my old gym behind my shoulders, and I'm covering it up all in black. So a big piece of black work to do on my shoulders. <laughs> Now, how can your fans stay up to date with you on social media? So they can follow me on Instagram at Eden Von Hell. They can follow me on Twitter at Mikol Diseña MMA and on Facebook at Eden Suicide or Mikol Diseña MMA. Okay. Now, fighting in Cage Warriors definitely puts you closer to your goal of getting into the UFC. I appreciate you being on Early Stoppage today, and I wish you the best at Cage Warriors 97. Thank you so much for this space. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and I hope to talk to you soon. Okay, and that'll wrap up today's show with Miko Designy. Until next time, peace.